Swanson to first. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Hello and welcome everyone to episode number 78 of For Future Considerations. Uh, Matt, John... Manny here to enjoy the OT as we debated earlier in the week. Manny's still got a black eye, but we were able to get him in here to, to do the OT. And uh, and we got a great guest for tonight, too, boys. Black eye? Terrible. Go back Wednesday, everybody. You'll you'll understand. No, he's he's talking trash. He, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I don't remember what I said on Wednesday. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got any snow up there, Rashad, or what's going on? Yeah, we got some snow last night and again today. So I woke up this morning and thought, is it really worth going to work? And then I thought I probably should. So, so if you don't go to work now, people think you have COVID. So you kind of got to go. Still? They still <laughs> think you have that? <laughs> Actually, a co-worker of ours, um, his wife came into contact with someone who has COVID. So now he's got to go get tested and the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, welcome to the... That doesn't happen very much up there. You go out here and, and walk around the block, you're going to run into somebody. Yeah, and <laughs> and you know what? This As we head into the weekend, starting next week, you'll be able to cross into the border. Oh, that's right. I got to go hit some Target. What's that going to look like, though? What is that going to be like coming back and forth? And what it's it's all going to depend, right, on, on what, what guard you get. Yeah, and... It, it's you know you still need that test right coming back so yep. it's not going to be uh i don't think it's going to be overly busy you're not going to see this onslaught no of canadians way. trying to cross the border right so um but it'll be something to watch maybe we can talk about it on the next episode but as uh as matt mentioned you can go back and listen to our debate episode from earlier in the week join the conversation Discuss some hockey, baseball, football. Got into a few tilts after all, too. Of course. <laughs> and remember, if you have suggestions for upcoming episodes, um, you can make guest suggestions. Um, maybe let us know of some topics you want us to discuss. Uh, let us know through our social media accounts. You can email us your questions, too, at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, you can find us on social media as well. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and for future considerations on Facebook as well. Now on this episode of the OT, we are joined by a very special guest. This guy started his career as a young lad in Blenheim, playing for with the Chatham Maroons as a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old playing in the OHL with the Oshawa Generals and the Owen Sound Attack, playing for the Lake Erie Monsters in the AHL, starring for the University of Windsor Lancers men's university hockey team, suiting up for the Fort Wayne Comets in the East Coast League before crossing the Atlantic and playing for the Manchester Storm before joining the White Hawks in Denmark. He recently decided to call it a career's return home to Chatham Kent, please welcome to for future considerations, Kyle Hope. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's quite a long resume there. Woo! No kidding. <laughs> uh, geez, just 
just listing off those, when you hear about all those stops along the way, what comes to mind about your hockey career when you when you think about all those stops that you've had? Long 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has happened. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, started like way back in minor midget with the Cyclones and then, uh, you know, going through and it was kind of cool, like my last, uh, well, two years ago in Denmark, um, I got to play with my one of my best friends and then a uh, minor midget teammate. Well, we played together for Elgin and drove from Chatham-Kent, shared rides, and then uh, played minor midget together, played against each other in the OHL. And then we kind of got to, you know, I got to finish my career playing alongside him again, and we won um, Elgin for Pee Wee Alliance Championships, and then we were able to win in Denmark together too. So that was kind of a nice little exclamation mark for us. Nice little book in there. Who was that? Uh, Dane Fox. He's from. Oh. He was originally from Tenville, but now he's moved into yeah. Chatham. So, yeah. We know Dane. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, his, his brother Trent was uh, at Windsor with me as well. Always a connection wherever you go, huh? Right. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> what's What's been the farthest connection it's taken you to find somebody that uh, was like, oh yeah, I know him. I played with him, or that's his brother, and I knew I knew that guy. How many six degrees could you do? It's honestly within like two people. You'll be like, "Oh, you played here. Okay, do you know him? No. Oh. Yeah, I know him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is like our story." And then you're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool." So we first met when uh, you were in the OHL and joined Owen Sound. Uh, you came. Uh, you came to Owen Sound from Oshawa. How would you describe your OHL career? It was good. Like, I mean, when we went to Oshawa as a 16 year old, we had like I remember nine defensemen on the roster and. You know, you're lucky to get a few shifts some games. Like, if you look at my elite prospects, I think it had, like, one of 50 games. But a lot of them you would suit up as 7D and not even touch the ice. I remember when I was 16, we played in London, and there was, like, you know, 20 of my family there, and I didn't even go on the ice. <laughs> so, and then, you you know, you finish as an overager playing those 25, 30 minutes a night games. So it's – and, you know, you learn so many things that you look back and you're like, man, if I knew that when I was 16 – but it's it's good learning experience, and I had I had a ton of fun, and it's uh, it's weird. I was just talking about how you know in sound, there's so many guys from that team, especially that I still stay in touch with. Like, you know, Binner's incident of him throwing it, like swinging a stick the other day. I messaged him, and I'm like that, like I, I was laughing because you know, Binner's just a funny guy, and you know that he's acting serious, but undercover, you're like getting a kick. <laughs> so I, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, you've seen that before, right? Eh? You've seen that movie yeah. before, right? Someone was asking me about it, and I'm like, oh, you do it in the dressing room, too. You'd get in your face and, like, be serious. But, like, really, he wasn't serious. But his humor, his sense of humor was hilarious. You actually, you were talking about it there. You were playing defenseman, and then you moved to forward. Do you remember that? Yeah. I Well, like, I remember in, uh, I was always a D-man and got drafted as a D-man. And then... When I was in Oshawa, we just had so many defensemen that to give us some ice time, they'd put us on the fourth line, you know, just to give you a few shifts and probably hide us a little bit better. <laughs> and then uh, that playoff series when Helma was suspended for that hit on Yakupov. And then uh, I played forward, I think it was with Kat and Bracer. And then after that, then uh, it was like, well, maybe you should stay at forward. So I did. And then I played forward, you know, the next year in Owen Sound. And then I went to university played forward for the most part some d and then when i was in england the same thing happened we had injuries 
And they said, well, let's go the other way. And I went back to D and played. And the coach in England was like, you should be playing D. So then I, I played D in England for like a bit. And then in Denmark, the whole time I played D. They're like, you're big and you're, you skate well. You should be a defenseman in Europe. Yeah. So then I played the yeah. last two years as a defenseman. So it was like full circle. It was weird. <laughs> Which position do you like better? I don't like... Probably, like, I love forward for the fact that you could, like, forecheck and hit and, like, be more aggressive. But I would say, like, overall, I felt like I'd be more effective as a defenseman. Skating, size, and stuff like that, and, like, passing. Whereas, like, I wasn't much of a point guy on forward. Like, I had one good overage year with 25 goals. But, like, I would say, like, probably more effective as a defenseman. What's harder for uh, the transition going back to, to D or switching back to forward, like you said, and now being able to, to crash and not have to be as responsible for uh, uh, for the time that you'd be playing defense? Well, for the first thing is you got to be in a lot better shape to play <laughs> <forward>. <laughs> I remember I'd be so tired at the start when I'd go to forward and then and then when you go to D, you feel like you're just standing around. But D is definitely more like mental. You got to be, you know, in the right spot way more. Or you're going to get exposed. So, especially in Denmark, like we would, you know, we played a pretty de- defensive system. But you're always got to be alert and you know watching guys weak side, all that stuff, tying up out front. It's it's a different. It's a completely different mental game. It's and now I coach little kids, and you know some of them are like, well, I want to be a defenseman. I'm like, you're nine years old. <laughs> like you, you can switch don't worry they're like no I'm a defenseman I'm like who says this why no go play forward and they play forward and they're like oh now I understand why the def- why we have to be there as a defenseman and stuff like that so we've been moving kids around all year just to teach them like well this is why you want to be there when you're a winger and this is you know so they can learn both sides of it too do you have any parents uh, getting upset at you though that you're uh, shattering their kids career as a defenseman at nine years old <laughs> Gonna complain regardless. Yeah. They'll find something to complain about. Yeah. No, they've been good. It, a lot of it is I know the parents before, so it's been, and they're nine years old. You know, it's their first year at AAA, and we're Chatham Kent team. We had eight. London had 147. So we're doing good. Like we're improving, and it, and we're having a good time doing it. And I think the kids are all getting way better. So I mean. A lot of these kids never even pulled a, played a full ice game before this season, and you're playing kids who have played 100, right? So it's completely yeah. different. Were you, were you bouncing around between defense and forward when you were that age? A little bit. Like, I played defense most of the time. I, I played up when I was really young, and I played forward then. I played peewee when I was a novice. The coach, because the kids were so much bigger, he couldn't get me out the door. He'd lift me over the boards to set me on the ice. (laughs) But other than that, for the most part, like I played D when I played it for Elgin, Middlesex, and uh, Pee Wee. And then like all like Bantam, Minor Midget was all D for the Maroons when I got called up was a D man too. You never played goal, did you? No, never. (laughs) Not for me. I'd get hurt for sure. (laughs) Or kicked out, or like sliding out. <laughs> Just getting into this part of uh, of your hockey career in, in coaching, would you be a fun coach to play for, or uh, are you kind of uh, throwing clipboards and uh, and banging stuff around? No, like I think most of the kids, like I'm definitely like, you know, the efforts there and intensity just coming from pro to like get them better and understand the. I spend a lot of time messing around with the kids too, like 
make it fun for them, especially with the way the season's gone for us. I think the kids are, they, they like coming to the rink, which I think is important at that age. And just, you know, letting them like have that five minutes at the start of practice to just do whatever they want. And at the end of practice and, you know, have fun and not really be like a slave driver. Cause at the end of the day, like it's very hard to make it. And, you know, some of them may even not be interested in hockey at this point really either. Like it could just be something they're doing. Yeah, especially if you think about some of them haven't been on the ice because of the pandemic, for example, right? Like, right, right. Just getting them playing is fantastic. Like they missed all last year of hockey where they were going to play full ice games. So they, we were teaching the rules at the wow. beginning. <laughs> That's a big difference, isn't it? Right, yeah. Especially when teams like London have played, you know, 100 games already. Kyle Hope is our guest on For Future Considerations. A long 12-year hockey career included five years playing men's university hockey at uh, U Windsor. Why'd you go to Windsor? Was it to stay close to home? or? Yeah, the year before I went, Windsor won the Queen's Cup. So that was like big for me. And then, you know, the older guys on the team there just from summer skates. Like my wife now was at the school. Um, that summer, I just lost one of my best friends. So I, it was just like the way everything kind of worked out. This Blue Jackets main camp, and I was signed in the American League that year on a one-way or one-year American League deal. But when I got to camp, there were just so many guys. You know, I didn't really know what was going to happen. So yeah, but but by the time I went to Blue Jackets camp, went to Lake Erie's camp again, it it was already almost the deadline day. So then I had to make a choice, and like, you know, I talked to UNB and Saint FX and all those schools, but like. By the time I got out there, I would have had to miss the first year of hockey because I would have missed all the registration dates. So I kind of like crossed the border on the way home and like stopped in Windsor and said, Hammer, I need to, <laughs> I need to register today. <laughs> so we did. And then uh, I remember that he brought me to a classroom and was like, okay, so this is what it looks like. And then, so he got me in classes. And I think I only was able to get into three classes. And then one of the classes was math for business, but I haven't been in math in three years. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be a business student. Like, I should be all right. I get there. It's midterm. First thing, I get a zero. Zero. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, I don't know anything. <laughs> so, so out of like three classes, the midterm was worth 40%. So I'm doomed already. I'm going to fail. So then, yeah, out of the three classes first semester, I only got two credits. <laughs> and then I took math for business again like a year later when I realized how to be a university student, and I, it was fine. Like, I ended up being an honor student the whole way through, but it was like, yeah, di big change from actually, like, you know, sitting down and doing homework when I've never really had to do that. Well, well Chris, you signed on the day, on the final yeah. day to go to school. I didn't even have a calculator at the exam. I was just sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> and the prof knew, but the prof's like, you have to write it. I can't make an exception for you. So she was just like, I'm sorry. So I was like, well, it's, it's not your fault. It's mine, but <laughs> you should have put somebody else's name on the test then. Right. Least. And I was like, well, I don't want to sit out for three months, mm -hmm. but I also didn't find it fair to play pro till December and then show up in December and be like, okay, now I'm going to be part of the Lancers too. So I was like, this is the only really way to be fair to everybody. So you, you sort of mentioned it there. Um, you went to Columbus Blue Jackets camp and you, you saw the writing on the wall, basically. What was that writing on the wall? Well, I mean, look at their team now. All those guys were first-year pros, like, 
um, like Kirby Reichel was there. They had, you know, Josh Anderson. They had Zach Rowenski. Like all these Boone Jenner was, is the same age as me. We played together in the OHL and in Elgin. And I just could kind of see, I'm like, they have so many good players here that are first year pros. They're going to get the priority in the American league. So I'm going to be down in the coast or if I'm called up, I'm driving the highway all the time back and forth. Like, you know, kind of living out a suitcase. I'm going to burn five years of my schooling package for this. I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is really the play. So I went and just felt it out. And then I just was like, yeah, I don't have a good feeling about this. I can kind of see where this is going to go. And then you end up staying at the, the University of Windsor, like we said, for five years and getting to play under one of CIS's best uh, hockey coaches in, in Kevin Hamlin. What was the experience like uh, playing for, uh, for Hammer? It was good. I mean, my first uh, couple years, we had a strong team with all those local, um, you know, those local older guys that came from LaSalle and stuff that were, uh, you know, a strong core. And then uh, the last couple of years, we started to venture out and get more out of town guys. And, you know, I think it's hard to compete sometimes with the schools like Western and uh, Ryerson because, you know, high end OHL players are going to go there. So, I mean, later on, we didn't, we still finished pretty high and we still had good, you know, competitive teams. Um, for me, the most part was, you know, a few years in there just because you only played 25 games and there wasn't, you know, it was hard to stay as motivated. Whereas like in the OHL, you know, every day you're at the rink, you're working out, you're skating. It was a big lifestyle change for me that I kind of was, you know, lost for a bit. I was like, I don't like, you know, it's hard to go work out when you don't play that week or, you know, it's, there was no, it was more about school. So it was hard to make that adjustment. And then, you know, that's why I kind of did the five years too, to make sure, you know, I had it figured out. So when I left the school that, you know, pro was definitely going to be an option. And how great was that? You didn't have a calculator on your first day, but you graduated with a degree, right? Yeah, I know. It hangs in my office now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still tell everybody that you didn't have a calculator on your first day or what? Well, I, I kept it from my mom for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a worst to first story though, right? Yeah, I, that was the thing. Like, at, uh, you know, my last game there, they handed out, you know, like, you know, they announced, oh, he graduated, you know, with a major in business and a minor in computer science and, you know, honors. And, you know, I, I was, it was pretty cool because I'm, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, I failed, you know, a class and I struggled at the start. And that's what I would tell other kids too, that were coming from the OHL. I'm like, there's not near as much structure of where someone's telling you to study or someone's telling you to work out or where to go. And, you know, you got to grow up quick. You got to live on your own, not with a billet. You know, it's a big change. But I was like, once you get through it, you're going to love it. Make that change. And at the end of the day, yeah, it was, it's great. And I think it actually, when I left, just from that experience that I was more, pro- you know, be a pro and, you know, be an adult and go into that pro lifestyle and now into a job. You played in Fort Wayne in the East Coast League. And then uh, that was at the end of the 2019 season. And then um, how did you decide to go to Europe? What made you decide to take that? Your I mean... It was, it was really like, and the thing is, is I still talk to the coaches in Fort Wayne. Um, I, I loved, I loved Fort Wayne. It was unbelievable. The fans were unreal. We got treated so good. I loved it there. And really the whole time was we were in talks with the team that I was going to go back, um, go to the American league team camp and play for Fort Wayne and, you know, hope for a call up. Um, and they were all, they were, you know, they were, 
it was going to be great. And I just, the idea to go to England kind of just came up out of nowhere. And uh, they called my agent and the, just, you know, the security of, okay, yeah, you're going to have a team for the whole year. You're going to have the same teammates all year. Um, you know, the opportunity to see the world going to another English speaking country. Um, obviously money is a factor too, when you can, you know, you're converting pounds to Canadian, um, and it's guaranteed and stuff like that. And, you know, I was, we were engaged that year. Um, so for my wife, I, you know, it was her chance to see the world too. She had a visa, she worked there, you know, she, it was, it was just that life lifestyle, I guess. And that was the only reason. What was the uh, the competition like when you when you got there? Uh, was European hockey, depending on where you go, right? Sometimes the imports are uh, uh, counted on because there's so few spots. There's a little additional pressure in there. Did you feel any of that, or, or was it uh, a pretty seamless transition? England, well, like England was pretty different in the sense that they had they allowed 14 imports and we had 12 Canadians. So really, it was like it kind of was like playing in the coast or, you know, we had guys with NHL games. We had two, three guys with NHL games on our team that were at the, you know, the other end of their career. Um, I think there was, uh, there was 10 or 12 Canadian wives there. So like it, it was like, we still talked to a whole bunch of those people. It was really like, it created a really good family atmosphere. We actually lived with um, two guys that I played against for four, five years in the OHL and four years at school. They both went to Guelph. Um, they played in the OHL um, and we battled like Scott Simmons and me played five years in the OHL against each other and then five years at school together. And then we lived together in England. So it was like, <laughs> and we still talk all the time now and our wives. And I mean, we were on the plane on the way there and I, I kind of knew who he was. He kind of knew what I, who I was, but like, it was like, I don't know if I really want to go talk to him. And then they're like, yeah, you two, you two live together this year. And, blah, and within like a day, it was like doing everything together, going to the grocery store together. And yeah, we became great friends with them. It was awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, well, it was crazy. Because I remember like we battled, well, Guelph and us battled so hard. Right. Um, where he went to school. And then in the OHL, when I was in Oshawa, he played for Belleville. So it was like, oh wow, there was like 10 hard years of us going at it all the time. Did you fight him in junior? <laughs> we talked fight? about that. Like there was a game, I think that we like almost fought and then we were trying to fight. And like, <laughs> I, I do remember that. And it was like, but now, yeah, it was, we got a good kick out of it. That was actually my next question. I was going to ask if you guys ever talked about, Hey, I used to hate you. <laughs> oh yeah. It got brought up. And like, and then the other guy we lived with too was Cody Thompson. And he was the same way. We, he's like, we hated when you played for Windsor. Like you were such a prick, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I was like, well, we hated you. Like, what you <laughs> like I was, we had like over a few beers and stuff. We'd get laughing about stories and the girls are like, how do you guys get over it? And we're just like, I don't know, but it, it's funny now when you talk about it. And was the competition good in that elite ice hockey league or? Yeah. I mean, it was good hockey. I think, like I said, we had a few guys who played in the NHL. I mean, this year, I think Cardiff and, uh, Another team in England both won um, CHL games, like Champions League games against like teams from Switzerland. So I, I think it's really picked up. And I mean, now you look at Great Britain, they're in the Olympic A pool. So you're, you're starting to see. Um, and then you get a lot of guys who are in England and they're not considered imports because, you know, their great grandparents or whatever were born there. But now they're going to represent 
England or Great Britain, I guess, at the Olympics and stuff. And they live there year round. So like their hockey program is like in the last five, six years has definitely increased. What kind of style is, is played over there? Or is it similar to, to North American style? With so many North Americans. And then honestly, a lot of the coaches are North American Canadians. So it's very, very similar. Yeah. To like the coast, I would say like, that's what I found it as. I mean, we only had like our team, we played three lines and then our fourth line was consisted of like 18, 19, 20 year olds because they don't have a junior. Right. So they play pro with the, so like the top juniors play pro. So they would play here and there, but they did, it was more for the practice reps and stuff. So we played three lines and like, but it was still, yeah, really good hockey. Like if you, you know, you look up the league and you look at guys and they're like, you know, they go there, they come back to the American league. They're like, it's their top scores in the coast. They go there. Same thing. Like it's pretty comparable. And then you decided to go to Denmark and play with the Whitehawks for two seasons. Um, what was that experience like? Yeah. So that kind of just like came up out of the blue and it was like, like we, like I said, we loved it in England and um, Dane Fox was in Denmark and he was, he was like, we need a defenseman, blah, blah, like, that league is known to be, you know, a bit better and they can produce, you know, you might get a chance to go up to the next league in Germany, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just a stepping stone forward. And it just so happened he was there and kind of like, you know, he mediated the deal a bit and like called me and then talked to the coach kind of thing. So then, uh, yeah, kind of, we had a Olympic break in England and then they called, they lost like a big game that they didn't want to lose or whatever. So then they said, okay, we're willing to pay the transfer fee and et cetera and get you over here. Um, so we were gone away, like three hours away, because it was an Olympic break. So me and Heather booked a vacation. And it was we just got to the hotel and they called. And they're like, okay, you're going to fly out in two days. So we had to drive all the way back, had to cancel everything. Like Heather was oh, like, man. are you kidding me? <laughs> but <laughs> no, it was uh, Denmark was obviously different with the language barrier. We had a Finnish coach, and it was completely different hockey than I've ever played. Um, but it made you learn a lot about the game in a sense of, like, how they see the game, right? So now I, like, try to explain that to other hockey people. I'm like, yeah, just because this is how we play, there's a way different game over there. And, you know, how to play defense, it's like one forward, two middles, and two backs and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, it's it's it was kind of cool to learn that. And then, yeah, we won the... Um, like season championship my first year there. And then last year we were like a strong team too. We lost in game seven to the team. We went to the finals. So it was, it was really good, but only having four imports, you definitely feel that pressure. Like you were saying earlier of having to perform and um, you know, you play 30 minutes a night, some nights. And then in January I tore my meniscus, but you're kind of, you know, you're pressured to play, not in a bad way, but like I wanted to play because I know we only have four imports. I was playing, you know, 30 to 32 minutes a night, like could, as soon as I could go on the ice, I was going. So I was like, I feel like I'm going to let the team down. So yeah, by the time we came home, like on the plane ride, I was getting up every like 10 minutes to move my knee because I could barely move it. It was so bad. Wow. So you put pressure on yourself to play. Yeah. I just like, and I'd come home and ice it and, you know, like tried and like Heather would be like, on a day off like can we walk the dog or whatever and i would be i'd be like i can't like i can't even walk it hurts so bad but then once you get playing it's not bad it was it was the pain afterwards it didn't really hurt that bad during it was just after it would lock up i couldn't do anything like it yeah so by the end i was just like i can't keep doing that 
We did find a photo of you holding a championship trophy, so that was your first year there. When you win in Denmark, does the place go crazy? Oh, it's nuts. They're nuts. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, so we won that, and it's called, like, the Final Four. So it's the top four teams after 30 games go into a tournament. So one plays four, two plays three. And we were four, and we beat one. And then we beat two, which hosted the tournament. And we were on the ice for over an hour after the game. Wow. Drinking beers, taking photos, fans chanted the whole time, the whole time. We didn't get back to, like, our arena, and it was only an hour away to, like, 1.30 in the morning. The bar stayed open till us till like, 5. Like, the whole city <laughs> was lined with, like, fireworks and stuff when we came back. Like, wow. they loved it. It was crazy. They chanted the whole game. Like, it was, it was awesome. We've had uh, Dale Mitchell on uh, this podcast a little bit earlier, and uh, we mentioned just before that you had had a chance to play against him, and uh, and he had told some stories. Now he's telling stories about uh, fans with like pig heads uh, that are doing dances in the crowds and and booing and hissing and throwing things at him and all that. So I'm assuming that that's the Denmark fans, and it's not just the fact that Mitchie's an asshole, right? Well, yeah, like, I know, like. Well, they would. They always said they're like just from what I gather when he was there. Like, obviously, he plays the game hard. Um, like he he plays, you know, a tough game, and he's like an antagonist. And but he also put up like two or three points a game. So you know, the other team's fans would hate him. So he would. I know I've seen videos of like fans going after him and stuff. But like, <laughs> oh yeah. Did they do that to you? Like, I say we. YouTube search Kyle Hope Denmark. Not a lot of videos show up. You YouTube Dale Mitchell Denmark. <laughs> He's got pages. I wasn't there long enough to get him to hate me yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there was a few because there's no fighting really. If you get if you fight, you're out for the game. Maybe another game. So like, there's no you know there's a lot of like extra stuff in the whistles and stuff. And like last year at the beginning of the year like i didn't even really know the rules on fighting i just knew that like in scandinavia there's not many people who are willing to even fight so there's one guy after the game like if the game was over and i don't know what he was doing but he was just being a donkey like around our bench and like went after one of the younger kids and like i didn't know any better but i just fought him and everyone was on the ice so then afterwards like the coach comes in and he's finished and he's like you know he's coached in germany he he's like i love it way to go but then, like, the look on the GM's face was, like, he was, like, looking at me, like, what what just happened? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> and, like, I was, like, I don't know. What do you mean? What are you talking about? I thought it was fun. Well, I was going to ask you this because you put, like, 110 PIMS up a year in, like, the OHL. How did you become the nice guy who only gets, like, 20 PIMS a year in the Danish league? Well, they don't count 10 minutes there. Oh. Do you get 10-minute misconducts, though? <laughs> They just don't count. Later, head checking you. Two minutes plus ten minutes. But they only put two on your record. Yeah. Oh wow. That's funny. <laughs> but then, like the first, well, my first shift, I got sixteen minutes in penalty minutes. My first <laughs> shift in the league. <laughs> what did you do? Like, Foxy, Foxy, my buddy, was like, "Hopey, you can't hit like that here." And I was like, "Well, I don't know." Like, it was like the D man came down the wall team and i was like coming up the wall and like i just like blew him up but then he like laid down for a while and then like they put me in the box it felt like for an eternity that's my first shift and i'm like oh this is a good step 
<laughs> yeah, because your your elite prospects has you with 24 penalty minutes and 26 penalty minutes in the two years that you were in Denmark. What do those actual numbers look like? <laughs> well, my first year would be way higher than that. But then last year, like honestly, like last year, I would say that's fairly accurate because I just like like I said, like you know, we only had so many imports that they just said to me like you don't like my coach basically told me like don't hit like don't we can't afford to have you in the penalty box like don't hit don't like just honestly he's like just play like as skilled as you can and like skate and stuff like he's like because you can't we can't have you in the penalty box (laughs) well you're playing 30 minutes a night if 16 minutes are in the penalty box (laughs) (laughs) because like it's the same thing you know we would dress 7d but two or three were young kids so all the pressure's on the top four so he's like if you are in the box and we got to play a 17 year old in the penalty kill it's not really ideal how is uh how's the trash talk how's chirping in, uh, in denmark yeah oh you don't even know what they're saying for the most part <laughs> and honestly like the other imports like you don't really you don't get into it with the other imports because you're you know there's only you and like generally it's like whatever mind about it's pretty normal to what we think over here so like you're not concerned about it but yeah you get a lot of the danish guys that are you know you don't really know what they're chirping or what they're mad about so you just kind of laugh like you're just like okay i don't even know what you're saying (laughs) it's like do you go to the bench and ask the guy next to you what did he say (laughs) well i i learned a few words like by the end because i'm like what does this mean like this is all i hear it's the same thing and then they're like oh that means whatever i'm like oh okay god Was the injuries uh, the main reason why you uh, decided to call it a career after twelve years? Yeah, like I, uh, there was talks maybe we were going to go to Slovakia or Germany in the second league, Um, maybe even back England. We talked to a few teams there. Um, Last year in in January, we were we were kind of, you know, we were going to. country we just didn't really know where and then it kind of just progressively got worse but yeah we had a few like at least you know we talked about even going and playing you know in Italy or uh, second league Germany or England or something like that but it just yeah by the end I just do much more and then I came home and uh, we were kind of like do I get surgery and you know, go through the rehab and wait around. And then I told Heather, I was like, start applying. And like, she got a job. And then it was like the next day I was having beers with the guy and he's like, okay, do you want to work for me this summer? I was like, okay, yeah, this summer. And then it was like a week later and he's like, uh, okay, here's the job offer. And then I was like, all right, done. So do things always just fall into place that quickly for you? It sounds like a lot of your decisions are made really, really fast. Well, that's what everyone (laughs) says. They're like, geez, you guys really, uh, you know, move fast. And because it was like, um, what were we just doing? And someone was like, oh, we were like, oh, we're looking at vehicles. And then me and Heather both bought a vehicle within the same week. So then they're like, everyone's like, everything you guys do, you do it within like right away. Jobs, you both do like, you go here, you go there, you're over here, you're over here. Well, you, you apply for university and start when you're driving home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to think, though, that time in uh, in Europe, who had more fun, Heather or you, off the ice? Like, some of those places are beautiful. Yeah, they? so we would go to, um, you know, the Beatles stuff in England all the time. And, you know, the bar where they sit and the live music. And then in England, the lifestyle is so relaxed and it's, like, nice. And it's, 
it's awesome. Like going to Ireland was, you know, fantastic. The bars and the experience, like we played Belfast and we played them on a Friday, Saturday and the girls, um, all came. And then we went out with them the Saturday night and like, and then Heather did get a job at a cafe there. And, you know, you become friends with people. It's, it's a cool experience to have. And like, you know, you can always go back and everyone who came and visited us, they're like, this is all like, it's awesome over there. It's so relaxed and so easygoing. The bars uh, over there are a little more exciting than uh, than spending a night at uh, Fat Jimmy's or something like that in, in Blenheim. I don't know. Jimmy's <laughs> gets pretty going. No. <laughs> you ever been there? Friday night karaoke? Come on. It's pretty good. That would be pretty good. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just stuff you never like. We would have never seen like there's a bar in Manchester we'd go to called Albert Slosh, and like do nights like drag nights. I never even heard of drag night. It was like you know just unbelievable the bar and the people and yeah, it was just so fun. That's great, man. Do you make a comfortable living at playing hockey in Europe? I know like a lot of guys are curious about going and they're not sure if they should go. Is it a good career over there other than the social? Yeah, like you're not getting like you're not getting rich, but I mean, I think you're living, you know, you 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 don't pay for your house, you don't pay for your car. So you're saving a lot of what you make. The the exchange rate, you know, helps out when you come home. I would always work for uh like Nick Warner and we would we did, he owns Kent Tent here in Blenheim. So I would work for him doing tents. We would, you know, look at the week, okay, I can work out in the mornings and then I'll skate at night, but we'll do tents in between and stuff. So like I did that with him for five or six years, and that always helped. And then I'd do the hawk, Todd Warner. You know, you had some flexibility in the summers, but you didn't have to work still. Like, you you know, you do, you do your part-time thing. Well, Kyle, we really appreciate you joining us. wanted to end it on this. You know, thinking about this journey, just listening to your journey here, what kind of advice would you give to someone uh, about playing the game of hockey and, you know, maybe not going to the NHL, but playing at different levels, what would you tell them? Just enjoy it, really, for the most part. Like, you know, some days you'd go to the rink and you'd be tired or you'd be sore, you know, maybe frustrated with the ice time, seeing the same people every day or, you know, someone's driving you nuts. But it's when you look back on it, that's what made it the best is, like, you know, the ups and the downs. And then, you know, you always battled back. And at the end, have so much fun with the same guys all the time all year and you know that's that's what I miss the most is you know I go to an office now and you know I'm I'm dying for some you know socialism all the time but it's that's what you miss the most is like the bus rides and the guys and you know the funny stories and the good times and then even the bad times is like it's still fun you're still playing hockey like you can't hate that at all yeah and I, and I think about some of the places where you played like Without hockey, would you would you be in Denmark or would you be in England, right? Right, and that's what like we, we talked about too is like, you know, there's people we know that have never even been to Europe. So it's like we got the opportunity to go there on like an eight-month vacation and I got to play a sport and it funded us to do it. And like we were talking and uh, we have an RV and like it's nothing special, but it's, it, you know, we had an RV and we were just saying if we drove, you know, from here to the West Coast or from here to the East Coast, how many teammates we could hit along the way was like incredible, you know, or you, you can go anywhere. And like, we went to the wings game a few years ago and, you know, Jamel Smith left his tickets. We're downstairs after with them, you know, joking around. It's just like how many people ever go down there even, or, 
you know, go out for a beer with them or anything like that. You know, it's just something that brought so many cool opportunities along the way that of people we met that you would never even meet. Well, Kyle, can't wait to catch up with you again, either at Red Barn, Sons of Ken, or even Fat Jimmy's, man. We'll, we'll go yeah. up and sing a tune with you, buddy. <laughs> Let hey, me know. For I'll be there. Thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Our thanks once again to Kyle Hope for joining us on the show today. Guy has played pretty much everywhere you can play hockey in the in the world. Some great stories there. Yeah, Canada, U.S., Britain, Denmark. He's been everywhere. Yeah, a lot of stamps on the passport. Great storyteller, too. And don't forget our first episode of the week, episode 77. You can check it out and listen to some great sports debate and see what it was that uh, Matt and Manny got so intense about. Oh, that never happens. Stop. <laughs> never. Never happens. I've never once raised my voice on this show. 78 episodes. You can go back and listen to all of them. Sure you a, haven't. It is a calm demeanor that I present on, on nearly every episode. At least at least a couple of them I have. So <laughs> We have the emails and the DMs to prove it, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of all of that stuff, if you uh, do want to join the conversation, if you want to raise your blood pressure a little bit a couple times a week, <laughs> you can join us on social media, uh, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, for future considerations on Facebook. You'll see our poll question that goes out every Monday that you can vote on. You'll see all the videos that you need to know about the world of sports and all this soccer that you can possibly stomach and, and more of these games. I don't even think these games are actually happening right now i think they're all just old highlights that manny's just posting to drive me crazy but you can find those on all of our social media channels <laughs> and you can also email us your questions and comments at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com yeah use the email send us all your favorite soccer highlights and we'll post them on social media in the meantime thanks for listening to for future considerations have a great weekend that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.